to have good memories, precious memories. You know, this week, uh, and I'll, you just have to forgive me because I talk about my father-in-law a little bit, Poppy, as I'll refer to him and as I did at the service, but um, Poppy was very quiet, but in these last years, uh, some of his proudest moments to him were about this church and about these two kids you just uh, you hear and see it was that was one thing you can you can imagine as a grandfather that would draw him to to drive from Conway even in his ill health to come down and uh, because what his life was about was about church it was about ministry and when he I'm sure saw his two grandkids right in the midst of ministry and as this church started he was very instrumental to me personally for direction and as was my own father but uh, uh, as I tried to again come up with something to preach today and uh, I uh, will reflect on some things that I found out even more uh, about him through this past week and so uh, precious memories, you know, there's a, we sing that old song, Precious Memories, how they linger, how they ever flood my soul. And uh, uh, one thing I, I told Kelly, I realized he was very quiet, but in his quietness, he was probably one of our biggest cheerleaders. And uh, I never did really recognize that until after he's gone. And then I start to talk to especially some of her family. And when he would sit down with his sister, the one thing he wanted to talk about was this church and what was going on here and how God was blessing us. And so uh, uh, that means a lot to me. And so uh, if you would, uh, Second Samuel. Again, thanks to everyone, not just visitors, but everyone that you made the special effort to get out today. And uh, But I, I can say this, the Lord is very worth your effort. Amen. Come on, isn't he worth it today? More than enough. Second Sam, Samuel 23. And I, I'm not sure what Sister Kelly will uh, entitle this. Anybody been to the website yet? I'm, boy, I've been blowing that up trying to get people on there and uh, she told me last night uh, now I'm not sure how statistics of a website go because but we've had over 3,000 instances I can't say hits for sure because of the way the stats of that work but uh, there's been a lot of people at least visit and look in the in the first uh, Wednesday was a week, so in about a week and a half, we've had a lot of activity. Anybody listen to the preaching on it? Anybody listen to? I, we had last night. We had thirty listeners that have listened in a week to a message on there. So, anyhow, um, also, uh, you know, there's messages available. The guys they burn CDs, but now for your convenience, you just can click on there and uh, listen if you would like. So, I want to try to encourage you and bless you through that. Uh, the 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel, and um, one of my, this is one of those stories that I, I like as a, 
as a boy. Anybody know boys have stories? And they like the David and Goliath type stories, you know. And this is kind of one of those things that match up as well. Uh, chapter 23. Now these things be the last words. Everybody say the last words. These, thing, these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of God, of the God of Jacob, and the sweetest psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock, everybody, we just sang about the rock, didn't we? The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun rises, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by the clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. But the sons of Belial shall be of all of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear. They shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. These be the names of the mighty men. Somebody say mighty men. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The tackle Mike that sat in the seat among the pre captains, the same as Adonai the Ezide, he lifted up his spear against 800 and whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Doadai, the Adohite, one of three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote Philistines until, everybody say, until, until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Hazarite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. There was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. And he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time into the cave of Abedalum. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley, valley of Rephim. I'm going to stop right there. I, I want to go back and look at the first verse, that were, uh, first verse which says, Now these are the last words of David. Last words. Um, I actually did some research. I, you know, as, as research goes now, you Google it. How many know what I'm talking about? If you want to know something, just you can go Google it. And I started to read about last words. And last words are words that people write before they die or, or the words of great meaning. 
And I went through, I sat there for probably an hour in uh, some of the material that I found. And, and I looked at last words of what uh, very famous people have said. And uh, I started to read about Polycarp. And oh, what a, a man Polycarp. Polycarp was actually one of the, like a disciple of the disciples. And uh, Polycarp was, uh, he, he was persecuted for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, he was, they were going to burn Polycarp at the stake. It's a long story, but uh, he, he wouldn't burn. At, at first, there was like a wind tunnel that surrounded Polycarp. And then when they finally uh, started to douse him more, uh, they, he, he still wasn't burning the, and, and the fire and, and they, so they stabbed him in the side and his blood put out the fire and, and they were simply trying to get Polycarp, listen to me today, to take just a handful of incense and say that uh, Caesar was God. They were, they were just trying to, they, they thought if we would put enough pressure on Polycarp that he would, he would just not say that Jesus was his Lord. And so as I, I listened, you know, and as, you know, many of the martyrs that I read about there, their last words were, were like Stephen's word, Lord, receive my spirit. Now I'm entering the presence of the Lord. And, you know, as I read through there, some of the last words I, I read of famous people that you and I would know, their words were very different. Uh, some of them were, were screaming as their last words. Some of them already were feeling heat in their last words. Are you hearing me today? So uh, David, his last words, these last words are, are full of meaning and they're full of remembering. And he says in Verse 2, look at this. It's a capitalized word. It says, the Spirit of the Lord spake by me. Anybody have any idea about the Spirit of the Lord? Uh, the Spirit of the Lord in His last words, it's, they're in His mouth. And then He says, in verse 3, He says, the rock. And the rock is capitalized there. That's why I wanted them to sing that song there. Um, if you remember, as you go through Scripture, you remember, for example, Moses, he retrieved water out of a rock. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, let me turn over to 1 Corinthians, and I'll go to chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Amen? Can you say personally today that you've drank from that rock? How many knows what today it means to actually drink from the rock? So then let's go on. So with David in verse 4 and 5, he speaks here of one who... Rules over men in righteousness. Now he prophetically speaks of Jesus Christ. And in a brief and vivid strokes he paints a picture. He portrays the ideal theocratic king to be fully realized in his lineage. You know, uh, Jesus come out of the lineage of David. Fourteen generations later, Jesus is born. And so he's speaking of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 6... 
David goes on to say that godless people who have no interest in this righteous king will be destroyed. Then in verse 8, David starts to list what he calls mighty men. Everybody say mighty men. In fact, he he names, if you read through this, uh, 23rd chapter, there are 37 mighty men that he names. These men were violent valiant warriors. Uh, their accomplishments and determination he, he describes through the rest of this 23rd chapter. I, I took a, 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 just a moment there and read just giving you an idea. However, there's in this story uh, that sticks out in my mind is verse 10. And it's verse 10 says one of the mighty men, his name is Eleazar. He's the son of Doadai the Ahite. And when the men of Israel, now, now get this in your mind. When the men of Israel, they're in a battle with the Philistines. When all the men, men of Israel, the normal army, when they retreat, they're in a bad situation. And when they all retreat, Eleazar, he does, everybody say a mighty man. He does the opposite of what everybody else is doing. When everybody else retreat, Eleazar, he stands his ground and he strikes down the Philistines one after another. And, and I, I have not done a lot of hoeing or a lot of shoveling or a lot of wood splitting or anything that handled, you know, a, a, an implement much. But how many's ever, ever done a little bit of that? Let me see your hand. And, He draws a picture here that says his hand was so weary. Now everybody's retreated. He's standing there by himself. And with his sword, he starts to slay Philistines. And to the point that his hand is so weary. that And it's like his hand, NIV says, freezes to the sword. Now he's gripped that thing a long time, hasn't he? How How many know what I'm talking about? And... And so when I, I got to thinking about now, now man, this guy, he's determined. Uh, he's, he's got a, a perspective that nobody else seems to have at the time. Why? Because everybody else run off. But he, when everybody else runs off, he stands up and he goes to work. And the Bible says that the Lord wrought a great victory that day. I remembered again this week the the words of the Apostle Paul, Philippians three, Philippians three and thirteen. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I've not arrived yet. Brethren, let me tell you folks, I'm not all I need to be. Can anybody say amen? But hopefully... I can stand here today and say I'm more determined today than I was yesterday. 
Hopefully, I can stand here today and say, I'm less distracted by the world today than I was in the past. Hopefully, I've learned something. Anybody ever learned something? Now, sometimes my lesson seems to be what not to do. Anybody ever felt like you were an example of that? Huh? Instead of follow me, maybe I'm an example of what not to do. But hopefully, even in my shortcomings, I'm not dwelling on the past mistakes. I'm not dwelling on my failures. I'm looking ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to quit looking back and start looking forward. You know, I love that part of the song that says, this is the first day of the rest of your life. Quit bringing up the past. Quit talking about what happened and you can't get over. Quit confessing that you can't get over. Why? You're supposed to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I see the place I need to be and I see it most clearly as I look into this word and I look into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. I see where I need to be. When I look closely at his word and his word stirs me and it causes me to recognize that I need to do more now for him than ever. You know, when you go, when you walk through death, you'll realize That only one thing counts. You you want when when death shows up, nobody cares if you have retirement left. Hello? You, You don't have to worry about it anymore. My grandma had a little little saying over her house and I, I say this often just bear with me but it said only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last why, why, why don't we get a hold of that why can we not get a hold of that Hebrews 12 This is a repeat from Wednesday night, but it's still stuck in me, in my spirit. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. You got any weight? Look at your neighbor and say, you got any weights? All y'all didn't hit me. Come on. Look over your name. Punch him. Say, you got any weights in your life? You got anything bothering you? You got any excuses why you can't? I'm tired. I'm tired. I've been so busy. I'm tired. I'm so tired. I need to stay home and sleep. You know, Brother Steve, the Bible said to rest. You got any weights? Look here, it says, and the sin. You got any sins which so easily beset you? And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinner against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. That lets us know it's not easy. Now hear this. Everybody, now hear this. When you see Jesus... When you close your eyes in death and you wake up and you see Jesus, it'll be worth it all. Paul told Timothy, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, quite a reading here, study. Everybody say the word at least, study. Look at your neighbor and ask them, when the last time you studied? What's the answer? There's one looky there. There's study. Listen to this. He tells Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto ungodliness. For their word will eat, doth the canker of whom is Hephaenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection's passed already and overthrow the faith of some. Listen, if you don't study, how are you going to know what's really in here? How are you going? If you don't study, how do you know that I'm telling you what's in here is right? If you don't study, if I don't study, I don't know what to tell you. You say, well, my my, my mama said. Well, what if your mama didn't study? What if your mama was just taking what somebody else said? Study. Who concerning the truth of Eric, saying the resurrection is is past already. You know, there's a lot of different, there's a lot, lot of different theology going around today. You need to study. You need to study the scriptures. Some, it's overthrown their faith. Nevertheless, nevertheless, regardless of all of that, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His, and let every one of them that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That includes you, and that includes me. So if we name the name of Christ and we say, I've taken on his name, I've repented of of my sins, then we ought not to be having and living a lifestyle of sin. Yeah, there'll be times that you fall, you need to ask for forgiveness and move on. But you ought to not be caught up in a lifestyle of sin. Huh? That's those things that are in the past. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. That's what we're looking for. Sanctified, meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Flee useful lust. How many remember those? Some of you can't even remember those. How many can remember the youthful lust? Huh? Uh, how, co- how come you don't look at her with all goo-goo eyes now? Huh? 
How many remember goo-goo eyes? It's different when you're young than when you're old. My wife, I was so crazy over my wife. She didn't even know I hunted. Till after we were married. In fact, we have this, she, she has this precious memory that she likes to bring up. Because we were trying to set a wedding date. And I said, it's October or the 1st or just forget it. How many knows what happens October the 1st? Squirrel season open, man, back then. Precious memories. Youthful lust. Now I could care, I don't even know when squirrel season opens. September, April. Who cares? Flee youthful lust. And I don't think he's talking about squirrel hunting here, by the way. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Listen, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strife. You know, there's, there's been times the church wrestled over things that really didn't matter. Huh? There was more of a pride problem than anything else, than a doctrinal problem. Because when you really love one another, I mean, no, that's what this is all about. It's about loving one another. You know, you and I ought to be able to disagree and love one another. I'm going to tell you, I, I can. I, I, mar- I married someone that come from a different direction than I did. But one thing I knew about Kelly, I knew that she really loved God. You know why? You can see it in people's lives. Huh? And you can see it when they really don't love God. Amen? But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men apt to teach in patience, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Study. Study. You know why do we don't want to study, Rose? You know why? Study's hard work. Study is, it, it requires focus. Study, it requires discipline. Study requires sacrificing your time of play and recreation. And you have to get down to business. That's why we don't like study because it seems like we put more importance on feeling good than doing what's right. You can just look around and see that that's true. Kelly, if you would come. My father-in-law... The day before he passed away, if I, if I got this right, his little heart, he was so determined. He was, he was so determined. My mother-in-law said, and he, he, he didn't want to use a walker. 
if you saw him, he, at the last, he was here August the 28th for his last service that he ever went to. And he was on the cane. He didn't want, he didn't want to be let out at the door. Brother Rick, he wanted to walk in. She said the last week, that last day that he could get out of the bed, he didn't want to use his walker, but he took his walker and he wanted to take the trash out. He's, he's going to, he don't know it, but he's, he's going to die the next day. But he's so determined, he, with his walker, inched out, Oh, here to the door, out of the front of their home with his walker, and he drug the trash out to the edge of the street, insisting. And, and this became really a testimony because he had written in the cover of his Bible, he had written a note to himself. And that note was this, Jocelyn, do as much as you can for as long as you can. Down at the bottom of that page, he had written, Motivation is important. The person who motivates is as important as the one who leads you to Christ. Again, I was reading some articles of the last words people say. And I noticed this when it kind of jumped out on the page to me. United Flight 93, September the 11th, 2001. The terrorists had taken over the plane. And a man, a man by the name of Todd Beamer is heard saying, Are you guys ready? Let's go. I want to charge everyone that sits here today and you call yourself a Christian. Are you guys ready? I don't know how much time that we have left. I don't know if I have 10 years, 10 days, or 10 hours. But while, while I have, what I have left, I remember these words of the Lord in John 9, which says, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no man can work. Do as much as you can, Steve, as long as you can. You know, I, I love this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. And I was going to read this to you from the NIV. Just listen to this. Whatever your hand finds to do. Everybody say, your hand finds to do. Do it with all your might. For in the grave where you're going, there is neither work nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Whatever your hand finds to do. That, you know what that means? You need to look for something to do. 
If you can walk in here and you say there's nothing for me to do, let me tell you, there's a long list of things you can be doing. In fact, the list that I usually give, it's the things people don't want to do. Would you stand with me, please? Bow your head. Close your eyes. And I want to ask you one more time today. Are you ready? Are you ready to go? If you're not ready to go, I I opened this altar up today that you could step out and come and find a place. Get ready to go. Is there anyone here today you're not ready? You need to walk up here. You need to pray. Move out of your seat right now while we sing. Before we go home today, still early, I want everybody to find a place. Maybe just sit in your seat there. Maybe turn around and kneel at your bench. But before you walk out of here, I'm going to ask everyone that will. I want you to stop just for a few minutes and let's pray. Come on, everybody, let's pray. Find a place. Find a place. Talk to him. Do as much as you can. As long as you can.